Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for more romping through the cosmos, my dear friend, Lieutenant Commander David. What is up, yo? Oh, phew. Just romping so much. So much dude. romping. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> That's what we call it, right? <laughs> nah, man. All's good. Yeah, man. Saw you in person not too long ago. Yeah, you did. Yeah, this episode is um, is a little delayed in the grand scheme of things because we had to get um, Commander Eric married. Um, and um, I guess he had a commander's order that superseded mine or his admiral that he reports to um, said, you know, no recording or something like that. So <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, um, uh, Commander Eric is not here for this episode, but he'll hopefully be back again for the next one but um, like I said we uh, we got the boy married and uh, we were down in New Orleans um, as he said I do to his bride that's right yeah, man. <clears throat> beautiful thing marriage marriage and two love <laughs> oh boy that that might that might be happening for you in the not too distant future I'm just just saying I can't give away all the secrets you can't trust me with them, you know? I'm not good nope. with secrets. I mean, I am a counselor after all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was good. Uh, <clears throat> never been. Never been to New Orleans, so it was good uh, yeah. Good visiting. Saw a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We hadn't um, ever been either. And um, there were some things I was like, this is pretty cool. And there were other things I'm like, gosh, I wish I could unsee this. Yeah, I've that was probably more mild than what it it can get there. But yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people will say, ah, there's only a couple blocks you even go to down there. No, no. I mean, I we we walked all over that place. I mean, at least that s small section there. There was a there's a ton ton to do, ton to look at. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously some some crazy crazy stuff there you know but mm -hmm. uh no o overall very uh po positive experience a lot of art a lot of music yes. a lot of a uh, lot of food yes a lot, a lot of food. boy was there a lot of food and so here's the thing like you know um th like again this was you know both our first times um going to new orleans and you go there and like wherever i go like i want to eat like the local stuff like like their stuff that they're like famous for you know um going to holes in the wall stuff like that well, you know whatever it might be and um you know it's like creole food capital of the united states as far as i'm concerned so yep. like some of that's going to be like you know your your jambalaya your gum your gumbos your etouffees you know things like that that you want to eat you know you want to get like get it there and I I told you um, when we were down there that I basically had gumbo for every meal um, while <laughs> yeah, I was there much, yeah. so the the first night that we were there you know we went to this um, this oyster place and I'd never had oysters and you were kind enough to let me um, have like one or two of yours and I uh, appreciated that but like the thing the main thing that I think you and I both ordered was like this Creole trio had uh, red beans and rice, 
jambalaya with some andouille sausage and um, gumbo. And I think you and I both had the same opinion of, of the food with, with that trio, like that the red beans and rice was the best, then the jambalaya, then the gumbo. Yeah, that was an interesting place. I mean, you know, th- there are obviously some places that are set up to be a little bit more, I mean, what would you say, maybe a little bit more upscale, maybe a little yeah. bit more touristy type of deal. Yeah. Um, we obviously did get to the hole in the walls and everything as well, but, but yeah, that place, the, uh, the, the oysters that we got, they were, uh, char grilled. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know, cooked, not raw. Um, those were really good, but yeah, the, the red beans and rice, interestingly enough, was the best, which is kind of like, that should be the simplest thing, but sometimes the simplest are the best. Jambalaya was great. Yeah. The gumbo was, uh, was fine. It was, it was just, it was, it was fine. It wasn't anything you know, that'll blow your, blow your socks off. I did get those, um, smothered fries with the fried crawfish and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the etouffee sauce on it and everything. It was, uh, those were, those are really, really good. But man, that day, that day we, we hadn't eaten anything except for like a couple of plain snacks, mm-hmm. the, the Southwest trail mix. Right. <laughs> and and I, I was just so ridiculously hungry uh i i ate like darn near everything that that i ordered and we ordered a lot yeah <laughs> so. you did. yeah like you were like going all like uh was it like gordon ramsay and like john yeah. taffer like trying like almost like one of everything on the menu it seemed it's raw oh they're supposed to be oh all right <laughs> Where's the lamb sauce? I am an idiot sandwich. <laughs> no, but that 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 was that was really good. I, I will say though, um, you know, in in retrospect, and I've went a few other places that you know when you guys were off doing something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I still think that the the my favorite place was that uh, that really small hole in the wall, the, the hobnobbers. Hobnobbers, yeah, that was called. good. And that, I mean, that was like kind of supposed to be like, <laughs> I guess it was more like brunch time, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, but man, the uh, we both got the shrimp po' boy and gumbo mm-hmm. combo thing. Mm-hmm. That was the best gumbo that I had. Of course, yeah, me too. Down there, that was that was the best, and the and the po' boy was really really good as well. But that was like that's one of those places where if you go in the one entrance, it's just a bar. But if you go in the side entrance with the guy standing there who shouts back, "You got six coming in," and you walk down the little alleyway into the dining room area, it's like a three hundred square foot little nothing dining room. Yeah, and it was it was. You know, there were people in there. It wasn't like nobody was eating yeah. there either. It, it had business, but it's just order at a window, pick it up at the window, and uh, yeah, very. That was probably my my favorite uh, going. Well, let me backtrack that. That was my favorite experience. But our Ar- Arnon's was really really good. Um, the spread was put out for that whole experience. Um, and even going to uh, like like Cafe Du Monde, that was fun. You know, getting some beignets and mm-hmm. and coffee and so forth. That you know, just simple, but that was that was nice as well. Everything was everything was really fun. You know, go to some shops, yeah, <laughs> jazz museum, all that sort of yeah. stuff. It was it was a very good. There, there's 
there's a lot you can do. I wouldn't necessarily think about being there for multiple, like, I probably wouldn't be there for like a week. I think we were there for the proper amount of days. Like two like or three, three days. days. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there's still a lot to see. Yeah. Like I, I know that, um, you know, the day of the wedding, uh, we went and got like haircuts and our beards trimmed and stuff. And that was experience in itself doing that. It was an experience. I liked the hair, the hair, the haircut was great. The shave was, um, could have been a tiny, tiny bit better. (laughs) I like the way that they shaped my beard. So yeah. I just got a little razor burn yeah. like on my neck. Yeah. And that was just kind of a combo of like, you know, we started off with sort of the basic package and then there's Eric from the other room. Screw it. Get get the, Go nuts. Get, the get all of it. <laughs> so the first shave, they'd kind of went over it with uh, an electric razor, which I don't I don't use. I, I hate electric razors. <clears throat> and I think that that's what gave me the the burn because mm. Straight Ray's shave is great. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. But yeah, we all had big orange blob masks on our face. We got gold fingered, man. <laughs> we had these like gold masks that we, that we ended up having on our face. But like where I was going with that, like that, I mean, that was a fantastic experience. I mean, I really yeah. enjoyed it. When I remember when Eric, like I think was talking to us one time. Um, and he was like, Hey, let's, I want to, you know, get like haircuts and beard trims or whatever. I'm like, all right, great. I was thinking like great, great clips or something. Like I wasn't thinking <laughs> like a man spa, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was, that was like the furthest thing from my mind. But <clears throat> I know when we, when we left, uh, from that appointment that day, uh, the guy that was taking care of Eric, he had started recommending some places like you can go check out the mall. Um, there's some shops there you can check out. And then, like, he had also mentioned, I think, like, um, like the beach or, or, or something, like some kind of, like, waterfront experience um, that he had um, had mentioned. I'm like, that sounds kind of cool. Like, going over there, like, the Gulf or the whatever, you know, and kind of checking that out. That would have been fun. So, I think, you know, like, for a next time, if there was a next time, I would personally, me, Captain Chase, I would probably stay away from Bourbon Street um, in general. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do it, you know, you do you, boo, but like, it's just, it's not for me um, type of thing. And, uh, you know, like check out like other like local cuisine, but yeah, like, you know, other things like I want, I didn't really get to see much in the see or, you know, have like a live experience with like a Dixie kind of band, like a jazz band kind of thing. I would have loved to have found more of that and enjoyed that which I also know New Orleans is known for. So that would have been a fun experience to kind of track something down. I, I could hear things on the 18th floor of the hotel, and I had to turn the <laughs> fan on as our white noise machine to drown it out. But, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was good. Like, for what we were there for, like, which was Eric um, and his beautiful bride, Raquel, I mean, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Um, mine is Bourbon Street <laughs> for me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> b- Bur- Bourbon Street's something I think that, like, cool to experience um we we did walk it during the day and there was a band out there like a four piece uh with a piano and a trombone and you know guitar and a stand-up bass and all that little drummer so i guess maybe five people whatever how many pieces that is i can't count x pieces yeah but so that was that was cool um 
but yeah, I mean, that was during the, I think that might've been after you had left. I, I think, I think that was the day that you had left that we had cruised around a little bit more, mm. but, um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot to see. Um, and it's not all bourbon street. I mean, there, oh, there was not, a ton yeah. just on the street, you know, Royale that, that we were on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even, you know, kind of past, uh, where we hit, you know, like that hole in the wall, there's stuff there. there there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's just, there's a lot to look at. There are museums and all that sort of jazz there. So it's, um, very, very interesting, very interesting town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, picturesque in a, in a couple of places. We actually on the walk to the jazz museum, we just kind of found our way into like a, just like a neighborhood, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like a standard neighborhood with like, you know, these big old twisty trees and, and all that sort of uh, stuff. So it, it, it was, it was a, it was a great, great experience. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just even down to the wedding, the little wedding chapel, all of that was, you know, really, really nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cute. Um, like the tradition they have at that particular, uh, the French quarter wedding chapel where we were at, uh, where <clears throat> if the, um, the spouse wants to take, um, their name, um, like you have to like pay a dollar and you sign your married name on the dollar and they yeah. stick it to the rafters. I thought that was kind of cool. That was, that was a fun, funny and just fun experience to, to witness. So, well, cool. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, again, it was, it was good to see you. And, um, it was great to see Eric as well. Um, be there for his special day. Um, <clears throat> but with that, I guess, um, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk Trek, man. Let's, let's, let's do this. All right, so if you, this is your first time tuning in, uh, welcome to the show. We're going into spoilerific territory as we talk about Red Alarm. the latest episode of Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 5, Imposter. Imposter. Yeah. Appropriate. Um, it, it, it's, it's like an ogre. It has layers, right? Like, the, the, the title works on so many different levels. So It does. It really does. Um, all right. So this, um, this episode starts off with, um, something and, uh, I mean, like, let's just leave like flashbacks and other like last time, you know, behind or whatever. Um, we were in some kind of sequence, uh, where we have Jack in a uniform and he's on the bridge and then the shoosting begins. He just starts like shooting bridge officers. And it's like it turns very horror like very quickly with like all the bodies that have hit the floor uh, there on the bridge. And that's it. And then it kind of snaps out of it. And we're back to reality. Oop, there goes gravity. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Mom's spaghetti. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, like the. The, the 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 focal point is is definitely Jack. Um, last season, you know, we've got the Picard morality play. Season before that, we're in a race out of retirement. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
but we focused so much on on other characters and so forth that you know in in a way like it, it's not to diminish anything because I did enjoy myself but I I, I do kind of like wish that they had just went so Picard centric it was just it's just it's just old old Captain old Captain Picard doing Picard things mm-hmm. but but Jack this whole red door weird viney things everywhere you know what 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 does it say find me join with us yes you know or what whatever the whisper talkers you know you've got <clears throat> got Michael Burnham just on here doing a cameo find me yeah if only Eric were here he would have loved that he really would he really would but but yeah it's it's um obviously setting up something big for a jack arc we're still trying to like figure out why everybody's after him theories i have one <laughs> yeah i have them too <laughs> so <laughs> it's it, it it i don't know it it might be like going way too in like like fan fiction kind of territory potentially but um you know we've seen like all this like upside down kind of imagery um this season like with the vines and the red clouds and the doors and the blah 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 stuff um part of me is thinking you know like with the fact that jack is like sensing seeing experiencing this stuff like um, and I, it's going to come back later in the episode as well. So I might, I might as well just like say it now um, that <clears throat> when that's happening, like that's like I think part of like a superpower that might have been something kind of like implanted in him or or genetic or something in him. Um, but I think it also will have part of me feels like we're we're having like a I don't want to say carbon copy. But we're we're borrowing stuff from the conspiracy episode from season one of Next Gen, where we're using some kind of transporter tech to overlay changeling DNA into select humans um, systematically to take over, where we're tra- where we're doing like a almost like a simultaneous transport where we're copying and creating like hybrid human changelings and then the real deal is like in some container on some ship or something you're welcome I'm done yeah (laughs) um obviously does give a lot of vibes of the conspiracy thing because there's obviously a conspiracy yeah (laughs) um I, I had kind of thought a little bit about like is this in the vein of like you know so we we had kind of talked about in a prior episode about a a rogue branch of changelings that want to do blah 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 stuff but you know we've had we've had issues with the link before you know we obviously had that that sickness that was implanted in the in changelings Mm -hmm. and it kind of makes me start to think like, cause we, we, we'd even called uh, this evolution because a changeling who had turned into, um, into, uh, what, what is their force? Yeah. Um, hadn't blobbed out. It had stayed in 
that shape until you really manipulated things. Like you were like cutting it up and then it goes into its liquid state. So yeah, it, it does kind of make me think it's like, is this something like this is going to be for the survival of the changelings or, or is it just that they just really hate the Federation? You know what I mean? Like, what what is the bloodlust in the changelings that just makes them want to do this? You know, originally it was more for their safety, right? They were kind of worried about being hunted down and killed or blah, 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 blah. So they built up all this to take everything over so they don't have to worry about their survival. Mm-hmm. But this seems like something more than that. I agree. And because they're getting to the point where they can so closely imitate human physiology, have this blood-like stuff, and, you know, can pass all of our normal screenings that we've cultivated over the years. Although, I didn't see anybody get zapped by a low-intensity phaser sweep. Whatever. What do I know? Um, <laughs> like we did on old DS9. You've got... <laughs> you have to sweep everything. They could be any surface <laughs> how'd that go again David I can't do it again I, <laughs> I barely did it right there so I have to really get into that headspace. I have to channel that episode where he just looks directly in the camera and talks about you know all the things that he's done um, the pale moonlight. but I can live with it so yeah it, it makes it makes the the brain kind of start ticking out like really what is what is the motivation because we don't really have the motivation here um and then of course like how it ties into jack which it seems somewhat obvious that he might be a changeling hybrid something like that i made a joke before we started recording it's like was it actually picard out there with with beverly Mm. you know (laughs) you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah you didn't seem to really remember things uh sean luke but you know i just went with it okay yeah yeah i think the <clears throat> i'm i'm not 100 sure what it is but um i think i had mentioned it i can't remember if it was on air or off air like a week or two ago but i had said something like i think jack's a changeling and he doesn't know yeah. that he's a changeling he's like so deep into it as a changeling he doesn't even realize it type of thing perhaps yeah it just it kind of seems like it kind of seems a little bit weird though because i mean what what would when you're talking about tie-ins the dominion war was primarily played out during ds9 Mm -hmm. but yet you're affecting picard here so I, I don't want to like spend too much time on this because it it's crazy irrelevant. But wouldn't this have made a little bit more sense to have just made Cisco, <laughs> you know, the limited television series, you know, and it'd been more relevant to that than to Picard? Well, I was gonna save this for our um, soon to be recorded. Um, episode six discussion but why not let's do this um there was um now this is like a news report that you're gonna want to take with like 
a major, major, major kind of like pinch of salt. Uh, where'd it go? Here we go. Um, it, it's from an, a website. Again, you got got to just take it with a grain of salt. This particular website, Giant Freaking Robot. Um, apparently, um, this broke today, allegedly. Now, how true it is, I don't know. So, I'm not saying that this is an authoritative source. Okay, so for what it's worth, both David and listeners. Exclusive. Star Trek Dominion War series in development. Details revealed. Like a second Dominion War or back in time? It's essentially a series that's going to be focused on the aftermath of the Dominion War. So, basically the years right after Deep Space Nine ended, which is going to like overlap with Lower Decks, essentially. Let me just put this out here. This is very important. <clears throat> Why? <laughs> no, this is from the article. No doubt it's in part the comparative popularity of the third and final season of Star Trek Picard, which is leading to a renewed interest in the Dominion War. Yeah, that's why. It's a, they're saying that the, the this Dominion War series is going to be a limited series rather than just the war itself. It's going to focus on the war's aftermath and how it impacts the Alpha Quadrant. Got it. So current season of Mandalorian, understood, for any of you who watch that. Bro, i got to have conversation with you offline about some of these episodes. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know... I don't know what because Disney has been doing this a lot with like Star Wars. I don't know what the obsession is with trying to fill in every tiny little crack in every story. DS9 was amazing on its own. You, you played the Dominion War. You did it. Mm -hmm. You did it. You defeated the Cardassians. You know you, you you defeated the Dominion. You put the Changelings back. You know, you left Odo there. It, it it was neatly tied up in a little bow. And, well... I mean, we, we, we've kind of been over-explaining the whole Romulan thing, too. Yeah. With, with their son going Nova. It's like, you know... We don't have to over-explain everything. But... On the other hand, you've also made not-so-successful original series, and I wouldn't say not-so-varying successful uh, other original series. So maybe maybe yeah, they're trying to do something safe, but I, I don't I don't see it. I mean, what do you what are you gonna do with a with a Dominion War with and because I, I I think you had even said this at some point around we're not getting Cisco back. Right? No, Avery, Avery Brooks has like no interest in ever coming back to yeah. Star Trek. And I think it would be a huge misstep, just in, in my personal opinion, to recast someone as Cisco. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Mm -mm. No, no. Mm -mm. But I mean, again, like it's not 
you know, authoritative. It's not coming from like Paramount or any any place like that. So you just kind of got to take that with a grain of salt. But I mean, that's just something that popped up, and I'm like, that's interesting. If this actually becomes something, okay, fine. But I think it's, I mean, even if it is a limited series, I mean, like, these are like the shows that we're watching are already limited series with them already being. 10 episodes for crying out loud like what's a limited series going to be four episodes right or they could split eight episodes into two sub seasons like 1923 no we don't have to talk about and i'm just talking about like the the split between you know like prodigy where you split it into two things when you didn't have to yeah I think if they actually put all their focus into really making Strange New Worlds awesome going forward, you could get a lot of traction out of that and that I mean, crew. I think amongst the fans, like, I, I mean, as much as we give Discovery a hard time, like, Discovery did do a lot of really positive things. Like, it brought Trek back. Like, let's just give, give it some credit. Like, it gave us, like, a new era of Trek, love it or hate it. But, like... Amongst fans, the flagship series is Strange New Worlds, not Discovery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, getting a little bit off track. But <clears throat> there, we do have theories about, like, Jack and, like, Changelings and where this is going. Um, I do think he's some kind of hybrid. Or that there has been some kind of switcheroo that's taken place, like, almost like a la, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers kind of, kind of vibe. Um, yeah. Apart from that, though, um, one thing I, I, I neglected to mention is like with this episode, like apart from like the the dream sequence or whatever whatever the devil it's going to be called, uh, we do get um, an acting captain's log saying we've limped to the edge of the Alpha Quadrant, which means that um, where we were for all this uh, was in the Beta Quadrant, essentially. So okay we're now back either in the alpha quadrant or at the edge of it essentially and um, just to kind of get the conversation going because I know we've been on this for a little while yeah. um, <clears throat> we uh, we go through this and um, ultimately uh, we you know Riker's like hey I have something to get back to you and it's the ship transferring command codes back to Shaw and um, Shaw is like being just his normal chipper self like, oh, by the way, security, um, Starfleet security is here to uh, bring you in for, uh, yeah. for all the bad things that you've done. And um, uh, Commander Hansen, do you want to uh, stand with your, uh, with your comrades um, stated or um, uninstated? Stated, great. Good job. See you later. And yeah, he uh, knighted her. <laughs> and there we go. Um, and as this keeps going, keeps going with... Um, um, just the progression. We we hear that it's um, it's a shuttlecraft that's en route uh, with Starfleet security, and uh, from there we're just like, why a shuttlecraft? Why not transporting um, of things? <clears throat> Am I have I been skipping some things? I feel like I've been skipping some things. No, nope, not really. Okay, you're good. You're good. Okay. That's that's basically just it. Yeah, we get a little bit of conference room time. Shaw humor. We we do have a little interaction with, you know, Picard and Jack and 
in Beverly um, yeah. in there as well. You know, Picard's like, you could join Starfleet. It's where all the cool like, kids go. It's like, I don't think you understand who I am as a person, okay? I've got my own thing. You don't understand I'm me, taking Dad. care of myself. Dad, right? you don't even get it. You don't understand me. You never will. Ugh. It's like, I'm out here living my best life, okay? <laughs> I mean, like, this is Gen Z stuff. You boomers wouldn't understand. <laughs> even though I may or may not be like, 35 in real life, okay? It's fine. I'm, in it's my fine. I'm 35 playing a 22-year-old. It's fine. I do I do like this actor, though. I think he's doing, like, a nice job. Yeah, he was on uh, Downton Abbey, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's where he, like, got his, like, major break or whatever. Okay. That, that, I, I, that I'm aware of. <clears throat> but, yeah, so um, we get um, a little hail. Tighten this, the USS Intrepid. Power down and await further instructions. Uh, we're being hailed on a secure channel, um, and um, they, Riker and Picard are kind of sequestered in their own room, um, and Seven is elsewhere with all this, and Riker is, like, trying to coach Picard on what to say and how to handle it, and, Riker, and, and Picard's already said, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the fall for this, guys. I'm going to fall on the sword so y'all don't, you know, get burned by it or whatever. And out of nowhere, we uh, we get a certain um, former uh, recurring guest star from TNG in the form of Michelle Forbes reprising her role as now Commander Ro Laren. Yeah, Ro Laren. <clears throat> so interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that coming at all? No. Wouldn't have been my thought process. I like what they did with her and Picard. Because there was that kind of like... Uh, betrayal. Mm -hmm. just, just a little minor thing. Um, and obviously I think a lot of the series is... is wrapping up the character of Picard. So any of these past conflicts, I think they're trying hard to like put some semblance of peace towards. Mm -hmm. And it, it might not, you know, for maybe casual fans or whatever, might not necessarily have been the most impactful, you know, the, the short ish row storyline. And then her going to the Maquis you know, in quotations, betraying Picard and all this sort of stuff. But like it, it, it to Picard as a character, that's a uh, big deal because you have literally like betrayed everything that he thought you stood for yeah. and betrayed him. And because he doesn't necessarily get close to anybody at that time, it's like really, really hard for him to kind of come to grips with that because he doesn't have family necessarily that's right that's right i mean he does but he he doesn't like it's, it's not like he's in constant constant correspondence at all times with his family on earth you know as his brother and, and renee and you know which we got cruelly taken away from um <laughs> just oh fire oh my god you guys are sadistic um 
but you know, I mean, like Riker, Riker's obviously there, but there, there's a some level of professionalism. Obviously, Beverly's there, and they had their naked now thing. We all get it, but it really wasn't until the end of TNG, literally the very end, that you even see him go in and you know play cards with this crew that he spent all this time with. So losing. Row, somebody that he took a huge chance on, he learned to trust, and then he felt betrayed by. It, it's actually a really cogent moment here, which I I like what they did with it. I did too. I really liked how like the resolution wasn't um that quick. I mean, right. even up until like the very last, almost the very last moment um, of of what they were doing with with Roe and with Picard, uh, was very um, trying at times. I think, um, and part of what uh, part I think part of like where the imposter thing comes in. Like we have to talk about this real quick. You know, like Beverly is in. Um, in sick bay doing an autopsy you already mentioned that but um you know like well just, just real quick she's doing in quotations an autopsy she's just cutting things it's like true i'm going to start with the incision oh uh you know uh, on the the whatever they call the chest y cut thing no i'm going to cut her arm it's like what what are you doing there we go That's changes i guess yeah like so they knew that, you know, this was a changeling because of what we saw in the last episode. So, like, why hasn't it turned back into a pile of goop, as you kind of pointed out? Right. So we're trying to understand that. And that's where, like, this whole, like, evolution thing comes in. And um, she's like, that's what it is. Like, they're retaining their last form. And, um, you know, it's not until, like, later in the episode when she's, like, even dug out even more. Like, she pulls out, like, jello molds. Of, of organs and stuff. It's like jiggling and stuff. J-E-L-L-O, it's alive type of thing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <clears throat> then it finally, finally turns to goop. Finally turns to goop. But while this is going on, like, Rose, like, all right, let's cut the crap. Here we go. You know, slices her hand or whatever. See? I'm good. Basically. And moments later there's a little something or another that pops up the changelings can pass the blood test starfleet yeah. is compromised and nonsense like that of course starfleet is compromised okay as i was seeing that i'm pretty sure at a certain point though in ds9 the changelings learned how to get past the blood test though didn't they i feel like there was a story about that like where they'd like sap blood and did blood stuff with it I might be wrong I don't remember that but I know there I mean I remember there was like different um, measures in place to, to try and you know mitigate that that kind of stuff like yeah. um, inhibiting fields I think was like one thing like blood tests were another type of thing and as we heard in this episode like it beca just became like standard practice like it was just adopted period following you know, the Dominion right. War, which I'm like, gosh, that feels like TSA. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like TSA, man. Oh, gosh. 
Shoes off, coats off. Hey, I got my TSA pre-check. No, man, it's... Mm. <laughs> no, sir. Not for me. Uh, <clears throat> where was I going with that? So he, he tr he's, like, trusting her for a moment, and then is right back to not trusting her. Like, you're an imposter. You're not really Roland. Yep. You know what? Let's go somewhere private where we can talk more freely. They are really getting some mileage out of this bar set, dude. Holy 100%. crap, are they getting mileage out of this bar set. You know what would have made that perfect, though? If it was the Enterprise D-10 forward? Well, that would have been cool, too. But what would have been perfect for me is that, you know, we see Picard just sort of sneakily turn off the safety protocols. Yes. If he would have just pulled a Tommy gun... <laughs> like in first contact. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, you might have a gun, but mine's bigger. <laughs> they they just start sharing like the the deep wounding that they've done to each other, which goes so much deeper than just drawing blood. That's real pain. You can't fake yeah. that. Which I did like. You know, as, as uh, I'm being kind of silly about it, but I really did like that because. Um, not only did it show like this really raw visceral reaction to each other this history that these characters have but to me it also showed that the writers that were actually paying attention to the history of their of the character develop the characters in general right yeah i mean it was it was uh yeah i mean it, it can be a little gut-wrenching because like in Rose's mind, I mean, with with practically any of the Bajorans, they're they just went through years of effectively guerrilla warfare. Yeah, you know, they had to become terrorists. They had to, you know, work in these cells and worry about betrayal and you know and, and informers and and having to deal with the Cardassians. So it's like they're not that far removed, and to think that. You know, P P Picard has the honorable intentions. He believes in the tenet of Starfleet. Right. The fact is, and we've talked about this before, not everybody is on that level. They're, they're not. Because even the McKee were not technically wrong. When you think about it, they, they weren't technically wrong. Um, and it kind of goes to show when you bring them back into the fold later on, that you know it's like yeah well i mean we, we did kind of let people just annex your stuff and try to kick you out of your homes and stuff but like yeah you know you gotta roll with the punches but it, it that move for row was it was it would have been a natural thing there are people that she can you know connect with mm -hmm. there that remind her of the people that she's left behind she didn't really have anybody yeah i mean she didn't have family yeah so it, it's it's just it's just difficult. So like Picard on one hand, I like that he was able to get out his side of things, wanting to keep to the sort of honor code and her basically saying, yeah, but look, if you knew me at all, you knew this was who I was. And then I think that they eventually kind of came to some piece of that. They just never got to talk about it. She just left. I mean, not just left, but she left. Yeah. There wasn't any time to really explain all of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
But while this is all going on, um, there's also like essentially like an evacuation of the ship that's taking place, yep. where um, most like ninety what seven and a half percent of the crew is being moved from the Titan to the Intrepid, which was the ship that she came with, yep. um, to uh, either be, you know, um, <clears throat> reassigned or, you know, in, uh, interviewed, you know, whatever it might be, like dif- different things that might be taking place. And in the midst of all that, like, there's just, like, some weird stuff that's still going on with Jack, and... He's um, he's being told he needs to hide in plain sight, so put on a uniform and just blend in, so that they don't take you or whatever, whatever. Which they- he doesn't want to do because it reinforces the vision he had. And I think you were on probably on to something. I don't quite know what to think about it, but this whole transporter deal, because there was even the part where he's staring at the transporter, his eyes are glowing red. There's red vines everywhere. Not not Twizzlers, red vines. Um, and yeah, that was really lame, but you said it earlier and I felt like I had to work it in there somehow. Uh, but there, there, there has to be something, there has to be something special about, about the trans. Well, even Rose, she's not going by transporter. So is this something where they're like, you kind of said body snatchers, like they're in the transporters, you know, that sort of deal. Yeah. So this is this is a moment where I wish we had Eric around. But David, do you remember if there was an early like story beat either in Next Gen or Deep Space 9 where Bajorans were at, um averse to using the transporter for spiritual reasons? I mean that I don't know. I know that like a lot of them came up by shuttle like to the station I don't remember there necessarily being anything specific about that but it could be gosh I wish I could remember I feel like an idiot for not remembering I mean because I I mean I remember Kira Kira using like the transporter right Uh, I don't know. I'll have to follow up with the commander on that one. Because, like, I'm just completely yeah. blanking right now. But, like, that's what I was thinking at first. I'm like, oh, maybe there's, like, a Bajorn or something. Like, that's honestly, like, where my mind went. Like, oh, maybe there's a Bajorn that's coming. Um, not thinking for a moment that it was Roe. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah, like, maybe this is, like, a... I've already said it, but maybe it is, like, a... Uh, like a, like a founders and conspiracy alien kind of partnership like where they've been able to like intercept or something I'm not going to go over that again but I do think that there's something you know like with being like with the transporter breaking down like you at the the molecular level and then reassembling you somewhere else that I mean we look dude like if we want to go all the way back to like season two of next gen right with um, how we fixed Pulaski with like her rapid aging. Right. Like we, we took like a little bit, little strand of hair with a hair follicle on it. We use that to filter out the bad stuff. If we can filter out the bad stuff, doesn't it stand to reason that we could also mix in some bad stuff or some sinister stuff? 
Well, possible. Yeah, very, very possible. It just, it just seems odd that we're focusing so much on, on it. So yeah. I mean, we're, we could get to like episode nine or ten, and it just not be this at all. But hey, whatever. We're using <laughs> yeah. our noodle. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So everyone's like heading to the Intrepid. Um, you know, Picard and Roe, they're doing their thing. Um, uh, we get like most of the ship gone. Uh, we're down to just like a few folks. It, it's ultimately turning into like this skeletal crew, um, skeleton crew. Um, and um, along the way, like Jack does like some like Jack foo and like knocks out like some changeling guards. And later on, he's asked, how do you know those were changelings? I didn't. I just like murder. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I just had some murder vibes. It's fine. It's fine. <clears throat> and yeah. as we're as we're like going through all this, like with this like Titan storyline, um, Ro is like speaking to Picard, like not going to arrest him, not going to take him to some you know penal colony where he has to teach typewriter lessons to Klingons or anything like that. Um, <laughs> instead, instead it's like um, it's been compromised. You gotta trust me. I've been researching this. I've been following this stuff. I've taken everyone off the crew because you've got to just work with people that you can actually trust. So you got to trust me in this moment. And oh, by the way, here's my Bajoran earring that you've been asking me about this entire time. Hold on to it, basically. And she leaves, yep. gets on her own shuttlecraft to go back to the Intrepid to do her thing. And those security guards that are with her don't like it. No. Don't like it. And um, they decide that they're going to like hang out till the very last minute, which I have a question about the shuttlecraft. I'm confused about something, and I'm hoping you, I'm hoping you can help me understand it. On the shuttlecraft, she's piloting back to the Intrepid. This is Roe. She's piloting back to the Intrepid. Her security guards put something down, which we later find out is a bomb of some kind. Yep. But they also activated a transport inhibitor. I have question. You ready for it? Uh-huh. If they put down a transport inhibitor to prevent beam out, David, how did they transport out? It's, it, it's time released. <laughs> Just okay. like aspirin. Just time released over eight hours. <laughs> Do you need relief now? <laughs> we'll give you relief for the long haul. Did did that? Did you think about? Or did that like just kind of strike you as kind of curious that they did that? It's it's extremely convenient. Yes. Yeah. Um. I'm not. I'm sure that that won't be necessarily something that's explained. But yeah, it was it was a little. A little goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless it was one of them, uh, formerly known as a prototype site-to-site transport that um, um, the late uh, Lieutenant Commander da- uh, David Data used. Um, you're not dead. Data used in Nemesis, right? Where right. maybe it's on like some kind of different system. I don't know. 
Yeah. Words are hard, man. I don't even know. So she done blow. She got done blowed up, and goes kamikaze style into the nacelle of the Intrepid. Shaw doesn't believe that the changelings are afoot doing stuff, and Picard's like, "Look, look with your own eyes. What's going on here?" All right, everybody, Starfleet's compromise. Let's do the thing. <laughs> he's he's very incorrigible, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we kind of peace out as quickly as we can. And um, I wish I could say that's it, but it's not. Oh boy, is it not? We have a few other tiny little things. Should I set the clock to five minutes, or should I set it to seven minutes for this next one? Uh, two minutes who knows okay. yeah, whatever I don't care that's it in terms of like the A line I would say like with like the Titan yes. and everything we do have stuff that's going on um, in, with Rafi and with Worf so the last time that stuff was really going down you know like uh, they're like kind of they decapitated they'd um one dude like she'd been rescued they're doing like this master and apprentice kind of thing um like sparring and whatnot and they're still sparring in this they're they're sparring in this episode um just training and he's just like having so much fun Worf is just having so much fun with this like just like sparring like with one hand yep and everything and like doing his little Qui-Gon Jinn meditation kneeling thing which I thought was great. Um, the Kateless style. Um, more on that later. And through all this, uh, we're still trying to figure out, like, who can we get to next? How can we make sense of this intel? And how do we connect things? And Worf has a handler, and the hand, like, he's, like, typing in inquiries of stuff. Denied, denied, denied. Um, and so we were just kind of like looking through known associates and we go back to uh, Metallus uh, Prime um, into uh, District 6, I believe. Yeah, you talk about getting a lot of mileage out of the bar. We're getting a lot of mileage out of this one bubble-blowing drug planet. Yes. Hey, my God, like, can we stop going here? Like, there can't be that much going on here. <laughs> right? But we're back. We're back. Um, Metallus Prime. Uh, doing the thing, and uh, we're we're gonna track down this one dude. Uh, <clears throat> well, and then j- just tiny caveat: we were trying to get into the Daystrom lab. Yes, that was part of what we were trying to do, and even like what the handler was saying: denied, denied, denied. Uh, find another way. Find another way. Yeah. So we. Uh, <clears throat> We go down there and it's like ghost town and apparently um, our guy and gal are the new alphas in town because they decapitated someone cool and Rafi is just being you know Rafi um, and just like using her mouth and everything and nothing's happening and Worf's just chilling unbeknownst to everyone they've got these mobile transporter or uh, sorry mobile emitters that they're wearing um and eventually, Kryn, the guy that they're looking for, pops up with his posse and guns pulled and everything. And, you know, things are going to happen. And now we're dealing eventually with, like, a fight to the death. Like, he's going to make 
Kryn is going to make uh, Rafi and Worf fight to the death. Oh, by the way, Kryn is a Vulcan. Yep. It's only logical to have mobsters. Well, I mean, Chase, you couldn't let all that great sparring in the beginning just go in vain, okay? Yeah, she had Rafi had to learn the lesson. Yeah. It was fine. Anyway. Well, they, apparently, they, yeah, long story short, Kryn is the one that organized the break into Daystrom. Didn't realize a Vulcan was dumb enough to become a gangster. That's fine. Um, they they got a fight. Like, you'll fight to the death. Um, and ultimately, there's a Stabby McStabberson type of thing that goes on with Worf, where he dies. Air quotes. Dies. Mm. And, um... Yeah. Can't believe it. And then moments later, he's alive! He's not dead, Jim! Kills everybody. And then just Not goes, dead yet! I feel... You I, soon will be. I'd like to go for a walk. <clears throat> um, anyway, so... Hey, I'm bleeding a lot, by the way. Can we, can we go? Can we go back to the ship? That'd be great. I need medical attention. Um... So this all comes back together and we are going to finally have the stories to finally come together. Um, we did all that so that we could look at like Rolaren's super secret spy earring um, and have an encrypted message pop up on the Titan with Worf on the other end asking, where's Ro? Ro was Worf's handler. And there we go. How, how was it? I think that was five minutes. Roughly. It's good time. So I'm I'm looking forward to like what's gonna happen now that Worf and Rafi, but especially Worf, is finally reconnecting with Picard and Riker and Beverly. I will say though, I think that this is where you might get Moriarty. At Daystrom? No. So, from our Vulcan guy, we we get this little key thing that was illogical. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it exploited the illogical weaknesses of the Daystrom's AI. So, either the AI, maybe the AI is Moriarty, and the key is to get to get them get you in. <laughs> I'm gonna gonna get in. We're gonna do the thing. I don't know. It, it's like because you, you even said like probably the past two weeks. You know, it's like how do we how do we get Lauren? How do we get Moriarty in? Could be like hey, we we're using this matrix that you built all those years ago to trap me at Moriarty, and we're using his Moriarty powers in the box to power our illogical grid or something like that. And what they have to do is they. They have to break in and dress in old-timey stuff and convince Moriarty to let him in. That would be fun, right? Sort of seems like a TNG episode. Kind of. Time Zero Part 3? You know, roughly. (laughs) 
You could just get a really bad Samuel Clemens. <laughs> Do you know the deliciousness of a hand-wrapped Havana? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. You might have a future in Mark Twain audiobooks, okay? <clears throat> all right well that's basically it that's basically mm -hmm. it for this um so any any final thoughts about this episode anything that we passed over that needs mention no i think that was a pretty cogent wrap up there cool. i think we're good <laughs> okay cool so <clears throat> david let's uh let's talk briefly about um the delta love it or hate it so what do you think different divisions how well were they represented or not represented <laughs> yeah interesting so operations i kind of i kind of need to throw a little bit out the window because like you had sort of mentioned this whole transport inhibitor but we're able to transport but we have a bomb we do this that and the other uh I, i'm not 100 sure if that was like really a representative thing here as much so i, I don't have anything for that no, nothing that i can really think of um science science would have given would have gotten something here if they would have been able to explain anything like i feel like that's coming because we obviously we have this new changeling thing and we're figuring it out. We're doing the autopsy. We're figuring out that if you really manipulate this stuff, it'll go back to goo. But why? We didn't answer that. We didn't really even say anything remotely intelligent to that point yet. Because they, they just don't know. Fair enough. Not a big deal. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't really think there's much in the way of like science here that I can necessarily you know, put out there into the universe. Command... Command's a tricky thing because we didn't really necessarily have anything like in the tradition of Star Trek Command, like making command decisions, life and death. But you you could you could technically kind of like put a little bit more on Picard here because you know at first he's gonna take the fall, like every good captain does. Captain's responsible for their crew no matter what. So he's going to take the fall. He's going to try and talk his way out of it. He's not going to let, you know, Riker and, you know, Beverly and Jack go down the wayward path. He's going to he's going to do his best. Um, and then I think even in a way, the, the, the chat with with Roe displays a lot of the qualities of the man, not necessarily the command qualities of the man, but, you know, just sort of showing a little bit more, you know, just character character drives leadership um, you you have to have some sort of character in order to 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 really be a leader but i've never questioned picard's leadership necessarily mm -hmm. so i don't really have much there but if if you're going to give a command i mean maybe a little bit but it's really hard for me to give any deltas seriously in this episode it's a bridge you know it, it's it's coming off of an arc into a bridge into something major down the road maybe not next episode maybe the following episode but we're getting there so i i'm just i'm i'm not i'm not really feeling deltas this week okay that's fair 
I, I, I think I'm feeling, I don't know if generous is the right word, but I'm open to being able to give some stuff out. Um, and I do understand and I appreciate like your perspective on um, why you said yes to some and or why you said no to most been like kind of a yes to one of them. Um, <clears throat> I think with with uh, science division, even though it's still a um, it's still a question mark on the how of stuff. Beverly is doing her her job as a medical officer, even though she's not the chief. She's still doing her job, so she's using her scientific expertise in medicine to do some kind of autopsy. Some whether whether it's truly an autopsy or not, like she's doing stuff, and she is providing scientific data to Picard, saying, "Hey, by the way, they they can." they can cheat, right? Like they can pass the blood test. They are not turning back to goop. They are holding on to their last form. Watch out. That's some good information to have uh, from a scientific standpoint. Like, okay, well, that's a problem that we have to figure out how to deal with. Okay, that's a pro- that's something to worry about for a different day. So, but I think Science is though it's it's starting to answer some questions for us of like how is this happening? How can the changelings do all the things that they're doing? Well, first off, they can retain their form and they can pass completely as whatever species ostensibly that they take on. In particular, humans. Um, in this case, with operations. Um, we got to think like operations isn't just security or engineering. Um, it's, um, or I'm sorry, it's not just engineering. It's also like security and, um, um, like even like, uh, communications to a certain extent. Um, so Roe, I mean, she's a Starfleet, um, intelligence officer dealing with security issues at this point. I'm more inclined to kind of give it because she is following procedures. She knows that there's something up and she's making decisions for what she believes is um, the right thing to do for the Federation and Starfleet. So I think that's part command, even though she's not outright command division. And I think it's also operations. Um, I think there's an argument somewhere in there that Shaw was probably doing the right thing as captain from a command perspective. Um, He's very by the book um, as, as a commander. And it rubs us the wrong way because we're so used to, like, the captains that we've had um, and how charismatic they can be in different ways and and stuff. And he's just kind of like the prickly kind of rubbing us the wrong way. But he is – that's his command style. Like, that's how he's doing it, love it or hate it. Um, and, right. of course, Picard, like, kind of falling on the sword. So uh, I know it's like a – it's a stark difference with what we're talking about. Like, you're like, I don't see it. And I guess I'm, like, saying I see it all. 
Um, so, like, I'm inclined to say that there were bits and pieces, and I think that there is something of a representation across the different divisions in this particular episode. So, <clears throat> let's go on to uh, the rating. So, you know how this works, David, and for all our listeners, scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a dumpster fire, 10 being absolutely amazing. How do you rate this episode? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so... Say up front, I did really enjoy watching the episode. I think there's something to be said for what they're doing with this season. Mm-hmm. I was fairly skeptical because sometimes, you know, getting the whole band back together stuff can be lame at times. Hasn't been so far. I, I think that, um, you know, we're layering in a lot of the right stuff here and the row addition was a bit unexpected but again kind of like i said earlier this is the 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 picard uh, uh after party you know the goodbye the big goodbye the big long goodbye and sort of uh knocking out that that last little bit that he had spent 30 years rehearsing you know that that sort of stuff is it's 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 fun it's it's good it's it's fan service but in the best way um it's not trying to shove so much in your face it's actually trying to uh to button up things nicely so i like that uh the wharf and rafi storyline is a little stale for me i i think we're, we're going back to this planet for like the fourth time and it, it just kind of seems like we need something for Worf to do. Well, let's do this little side quest until we can get with the big boys again. I imagine that also comes with a Rafi and Seven thing, which, I mean, I, I said at the beginning, I, I wasn't really interested in that whole deal. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. against it. It's just not interesting to me mm-hmm. all that much. Um, but... I think that, you know, just in our sort of main line, you know, you did push Riker kind of the, to the background a little bit in this episode. You did push Picard to the forefront a little bit, which is, I mean, I, I want to see Picard. I just, I just wanted, I just wanted him to be the guy here. Um, how many episodes do we have left? So this was episode five. So we have, um, five more. Five left. Um, I need answers now like tomorrow (laughs) when the episode drops i need i need answers um that's the only thing that's making me antsy because this episode didn't provide answers Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. we're on the run again but now from everybody now you have everybody breathing down your neck in a ship that's not you know it's not the enterprise so we're we're back in the stargazer in the good old days and an underpowered you know flying by the seat of our pants ship which is is kind of exciting it's kind of cool um but yeah i I like the stuff done with roe and picard i think that was the highlight i am i'm just needing i'm needing a an answer I'm, i'm needing a focus i need to focus and i really hope that in our next episode we get the focus back um, because I, I, I need that to stay engaged. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I'm that's all I'm saying there. But the episode itself was good. 
it wasn't uh, is it wasn't like uh, last week, which I actually think I might have closed our document. What did we give last week's episode? You uh, it was pretty high for all of us, right? Yeah, you gave last week with a no win scenario a nine point one. Yeah, it's nowhere close to that. I would say that. And this is another one. I really hate continually saying this. This is like one where I almost think I could rate higher if the payoff winds up being really cool. You know what I mean? So I'm going to go. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bomb anything. I'm gonna go maybe conservative, at least in my mind, a little conservative. And I am going to say an eight point two. Yeah, it's out there in the universe. Can't take it back. Cool. Until we do a retrospective. Yeah, to retrospective, it's fine. (laughs) That'll be next August or something. I don't know. (laughs) It'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right. I had um, a great experience uh, watching this episode, and I think I even told you guys um, at dinner, like, I think this is the best episode so far. And I'm like, I might be going a little over the top there, but anyway, obviously with an 8.2, I mean, that's... It's obvious. Um, um, I really liked the use of Roe um, in this episode. I know there's been um, comments out there in the fandom about like wasting the character. I'm like, mm, I, don't, I don't know if it was actually wasting the character. I thought it was a pretty good conclusion for that relationship. Um, I liked, I mean, there was so much that I liked, um, you know, in, in continuing to advance it. Yes, it was kind of like a bridge episode from one arc to the next. I will not say the F word like um, like Eric does at times. Um, he, he enunciates the F word um, at times on this show, by the way. It's a different F word. Don't get, don't, don't freak out. Um... I like that we're we're really doubling down on the changelings, um, and how sinister they can be. I suppose in this particular um, episode, but of course, like the season as a whole, um, I am gonna need some answers too pretty soon. Like I'm hoping in the next like episode or two, we can get more clarity so we can really be smart about it with sticking the landing you know, at the very end. Um, I don't expect that we're going to understand what all this, like, red upside-down stuff is until probably episode 9, honestly, which kind of sucks. But I I enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm... I'm going to have to... Um, after talking about some things, you know, here this evening, um, in this in this discussion, I think I'm going to roll with um, my same score from last week with an eight point eight. Okay. Uh, so that brings the um, uh, without Eric, of course, like we'll get his score eventually, but <clears throat> with uh, with Eric or without Eric, um, our average rating is an eight and a half. So wow. not too shabby. There we go. Not too shabby. So <clears throat> anyway, that's it. 
no more. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next time to talk about episode six. Which it's either going to be called Bounty or The Bounty. There's like two names okay. kind of floating out there, but it's something with a bounty. That's all I know. So whether it's supposed to be a reference to the HMS Bounty, right? That was painted onto um, that old Klingon ship in that whale movie, mm. or it's mm. something completely different. That's okay too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, David, there is no um, no Twitter poll for this one. I know. Wow. on the inside. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Well, that's it. Um, thanks for thanks for taking the time to chat as always. Um, for all you out there in listener land, what do you what do you think of the episode? Um, did you like seeing more of the Red Vines instead of the Twizzlers in this episode, um, as David pointed out? Uh, did you enjoy the return of um, uh, Michelle Forbes as, you know, Ro Laren? Were you getting some major um, um, Admiral Kane vibes from her from Battlestar Galactica? I gotta know. Gotta know. Um, anyway, I'd love to hear from you. Um, make sure that you, uh, you check us out, trtvpod.com. Uh, where you can send in um, um, your thoughts there. You can also open up hailing frequencies and um, send us a note to trtvpod at gmail.com. Um, of course, you can also send us a voice-only transmission, 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit uh, before the Intrepid comes after us, so please be quick about it. Uh, finally, if you want to uh, mail us something, like a Bajoran earring, which I know um, Eric would love one of them, by the way, uh, Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.